Good morning, folks. This morning, my meditation thought is really focused on link on with the Lens season that we have in mind because another 10, 12 days more will be into the Holy Week celebration or observance. So this morning, <clears throat> somehow the Lord laid before me this passage, scripture, I would like to share with you. It's taken from Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 and to 46. I lost six here. Chapter 26 of Matthew, reading from 36 onward. And if you have your Bible, or you can open to it or follow the slides, and maybe you read quietly to yourself, and let me try to read to you. And this is how it goes. Matthew chapter 26. Then Jesus went into... Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here, and while I will go over there and pray. He took Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee, namely John and James, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, Say here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell for, with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Referring to his imminent death on the cross, yet not as I will, but as you will. <coughs> Excuse me. But then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, May your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and went away one more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here come my betrayer. Meaning, if we read on, do thus, let the uh, soldier to capture Jesus. So, that was what Jesus was referring to. So, folks, this is the word of the Lord. Thank be to God. And let us pray. Our Father, indeed we thank you for this moment of worship. Truly all honour and glory be to you as you deserve it truly from all of us. And we submit ourselves to you at this time of meditation too, that may your words so-called come alive and minister to our needs. And it is our prayer that the word that goes forth will not return you void, but you accomplish what you desire 
in the heart of man and woman. In Jesus' loving name we pray. Amen. Let me begin by asking you folks, what was the greatest moment in your life? Now you don't have to tell me now. You can whisper to my ear when the service is over. What was the greatest moment you have? Maybe more than one. Maybe can I suggest to you some <coughs> at this moment? Perhaps the greatest moment came when your company gave you two weeks holiday free after 35 years of ministry. After 35 years. Or the time your future mother-in-law gave the consent that you can marry her daughter. Correct not, folks? Especially for men. Or some of you will pass a driving test on second attempt. Or for the boys, the NS boy, you're happy to serve two and two and a half years when you finish. Hallelujah. And even your parents celebrate with you. And then for those grandparents, the joy to receive the grand, first grandchild. And the family celebrates together. And some of us who have been to the Holy Land, perhaps that was also the greatest moment you have. Now, on a personal note, do you want to know what was the greatest moment I have? Well, let me tell you. It happened at the wedding night, at the wedding dinner, when I showed the wedding guests my wedding ring. At one moment, I was quite happy. Next moment, I was quite sad. You know why? I got to leave my bachelorhood behind. I know my wife is sitting here. <laughs> because just recently she asked me, am I, am I glad to marry her? Of course. <laughs> Why not? <you> see? <laughs> but she doesn't know I prepare. <laughs> but I wouldn't tell her privately. I've got to tell you folks openly. You know, so that would be so scary. Well, the joy was that kind of moment that one has gone through as a name. There, the list can be longer than that. But here this morning, I was looking at the meditation on this Holy Week, uh, Lent season. <clears throat> I can firmly believe <clears throat> that the greatest moment for Jesus himself was at this place called Gethsemane. If I may, I will say that. Because Gethsemane was in oil uh, press, I guess because they attracted oil from the olive trees. And then the Garden of Gethsemane is located in the urban uh, kind of uh, setting in Jerusalem, <clears throat> where a lot of olive trees were planted in the compound. And that block of land is kind of open for all, for kind of visitation, prayer. And for meditation. I remember uh, the year that we went there for the Holy Land tour, the tour guide did bring us there. And it was like daytime, not like the lot times, not like the lot's time during the evening when next day he was crucified. And then the tour guide would say, You just find a 
a sherry place or under a tree, be yourself, spend some time, a quiet moment to pray and to meditate and to reflect how Jesus was with the disciples at this place or at this garden of Gethsemane. And so it was quite a challenging experience for us to be where Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And then there's another slide will show you how the angel came to minister to Jesus when he was praying, especially recorded in Luke chapter 22, verse 43, that the angel appeared and ministered to Jesus and strengthened him, and which I will elaborate a bit more uh, in the later part. So here in the scriptures background, Matthew 26, as we read to you from 36 to 46, you discover the night when Jesus walked with the disciples. The scripture described how he was anguish, deeply repressed and troubled and crushed in the spirit. And even he prayed, if possible, this cup be removed from me, telling God the Father, but nevertheless, your will be done. And here you can see how Jesus really put himself in prayer and uh, to ponder the mission that he needed to accomplish. And so here, this gives us a picture that truly the humanity or the humanness of Jesus was revealed very clearly. The scripture told us that he was God and he was also fully man. And here is the part that you see Jesus manifested fully as a man before us. Talk about his anguish, trouble, sad, and greatly distracted by the fact of facing death to come. And many of us could identify ourselves with him. So I believe this was really the greatest moment of Jesus. It was no fanfare, celebration, but only the agony of pain, struggle, and suffering before Jesus. So the scriptures say here very clearly that in the garden, Jesus was praying, and that was the only way that he could do really, seeking God for his leading and strength, and even to ask the disciples to pray along with him so that he wouldn't be really alone, but got a prayer support all together. And Jesus, we know, obediently submitted himself to the prayer and laid down his life for the people of the world. And in short, you realize that he did not only go for one, but three times. Went out, came back and see the disciple was sleeping, but they were not engaging with him in prayer. Very sad. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He couldn't move. And that was the picture we have from the scripture. And let me show you now the modern version of the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's see the next slide. Can you see that? The caption says, There he returned to his disciples and found them taxing and said, Can you not keep watch for one hour without taxing? The modern disciples were not sleeping, but they were taxing. Isn't that a very true picture of us today? Folks, would that describe you and me? We know we can text the whole night. 
But here we realize it was so different from Jesus' time. People were just going to go on. But today we can, but somehow we got distracted by what we have on hand. And someone writes here, if your devotional life is sleepy and tired, can you see the next slide? God is probably as tired of it as you are. How true, folks. That if your devotional life is sleepy and tired, God is probably as tired of it as you are. I hope we really take it seriously at this moment. But then again, from the scripture, you realize that the prayer ministry that Jesus had, almost like his second nature, beside ministry to the people. Luke recorded in Luke 5, 16, say, he would often slip away from the crowd or the multitude and went into the wilderness alone in prayer. And normally we call it as a quiet time for us to emulate. That Jesus make time for prayer, folks. What a simple and profound lesson. It was his second nature in praying to God. And so here is a lesson, a reflection for us that we will do no less in praying, in searching the will of God in us. In fact, as I say earlier on, Luke chapter 22, verse 34, even mentioned that when he was anguished and he prayed earnestly, that his sweat were like drops of blood falling to the ground. So you can see the picture that Jesus had at that time of praying. It was so intense and so agonizing that the sweat they drop out like blood drop coming from him. But we thank God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 mentioned and the kind of help for us to remind us that we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may find mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. We thank God that because Jesus had gone through as a human being, he knew the weaknesses that you and I are going through today. And we thank God that without sin, he was the one truly can lead us and support us in our need of grace and mercy. So folks, never put prayer aside. Continue to where you are. So we ask ourselves this morning, what kind of lesson can we learn from the Garden of Gethsemane? And I have two lessons here to share with you. Share with you. First is about the prayer of Jesus. We realize that his prayer was fervent and persistent and was directing and submitting himself to the will of God. His prayer was fervent, persistent and also directing and submitting himself to the will of God. As he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, <clears throat> yet not as I will, but as you will. Not as I want, but your will be done. And second lesson reminded us here what Jesus had endured suffering 
to become his strength. He went through suffering, but it turned up triumphantly for him as became his strength. And so you can see the courage that Jesus went through, that he did not run or hide himself or avoiding the cross that God had for him. He was prepared to face the betrayers and those about to arrest him. The courage was there. He got the strength to face them. Then we ask ourselves this morning, how should we do about our prayer? Or go about our prayer? You can see the next slide, folks. Yeah, how shall we go about the prayer? And here I have a record on the daily prayer by Mother Teresa. And let me read slowly to you. It says, Dear Jesus, help me to spread thy fragrance everywhere I go. Flood my soul with thy spirit and love. Penetrate and process my whole being so utterly that all my life may only be a radiant of thine. Shine to me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel the, thy presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Stay with me and then I shall begin to shine as you shine, so to shine and to be a light to others. Amen. Look at this prayer, folks. We know Mother Teresa very well for her love, her mission, sacrifice to the poorest of the poor. But yet he said, don't remember me. I have nothing to do with it. Only Jesus that I want you to see in my life. Let me shine for Jesus and he shine in my life. I think that was very kind of challenging to remind us our prayer is not so much to direct it to ourselves, but to direct to Jesus, God himself. He deserves all the glory and praise from us. And let me now come to this story of Martha and Mary, or Mary and Martha, to bring up this point of prayer with you too. I'm sure it's a very familiar story about uh, Mary and Martha in Bethany home, invited Jesus to be the guest uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. You discover when Jesus was in the house, Mary was so ex uh, Martha was so excited, and first thing she did was to go to the kitchen, bring out the food stuff, chop, 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 boil water, preparing coffee and tea and so on. But so much so that we realize Mary did nothing to the guest. And that the scripture say she complained about Mary. So the scripture here recorded, she asked to she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister, referring to Mary, has left me to do thy work, uh, the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She, she could not tahan anymore. She got to complain to Jesus. Look, Mary left everything for me. Can you ask her to come and help me? Then I like the King James Version on this uh, passage. It says, 
Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You are careful, you are really good heart and prepare, but you are troubled with many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. One thing is needful, and should not be taken away from her. One thing is needful from you, and should not be taken away too. You know what is that? Be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember the phrase, be still and know that he is God. Yeah, folks, we have a thousand, a hundred and thousand things to do. But have you ever find a time with Jesus? Mary did. And I must clarify that when you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, doesn't mean you really assume or don't want to do anything or pretend you're busy. But sitting at the feet of Jesus means you do do your work, just like driving. Alright, you can pray, right? Because make sure you look out for cars uh, and people. But as you're watching TV, you can close your eyes, especially if you see crisis or suffering that are around us, and pray. Be still and know that God is here. Offer that prayer to God. And this is what Mary had done. In short and sweet, you say, Mary did not miss the priority of life, meaning to spend time with God. Unlike Martha, like many of us, was so busy with the work that we have, doing one thing and another, but hardly make time with Jesus. That Jesus was not important, so to speak, in the mind. In that sense, it's very sad. We can be busy, really. Uh, time that you wake up, the time you sleep, your hands are full of work. Am I right, folks? I know you are not watching TV, but I don't know what else you will do. Lah. But you are busy. But what about the time with Jesus? And one thing is needful, folks, to sit at the feet of Jesus. So it would be good to learn from Jesus today that I discover here the greatest moment with Him, with Jesus, was the time He had with God the Father. And to me, that could be your greatest moment too for you, that you make time with God. So are you making time with God? Are you investing your time well with Him? Now let me quickly go to point two about Jesus endure suffering to become His strength. And you realize from this garden experience that Jesus truly revealed how human or humanness He was, that He demonstrated to the people his sadness, alienation, death, and anguish before him. The scriptures say, the word became fresh and was dwelt among us. He was among us. And so when you are in difficult situation, think about how Jesus had gone to his tomb. And Jesus could pray, like many of us, why this had to happen to me, O oh God? Can't it happen to somebody else? I'm living a sinner's life and righteous in the sense. I did not commit any crime and so on. Why must this have to take place to me that I got to die in this manner? I think it's a familiar question that we have in mind. 
the word why. But looking at God the Father, his heart, and he looked at the ministry of Jesus. In fact, Jesus was a perfect man. And he was the one who qualified and suitable to fulfill the mission for God. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only son to us. Jesus was the one qualified and complete, suitable to do the work for God, the Father. Romans 5.8 says that while we are sinners, Christ died for us. Christ got to die for us. And let me quickly go with Isaiah 53, 10-12. It says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. The Lord made his way make his life an offering for sin. By his knowledge, my righteous servant, talking about Jesus, will justify many and will bear their iniquities. And Isaiah 53, 12b, he bore the sins of many and made the intercession for the time crashes. Even pray for those who put him to death. So the scripture is very clear about the death of Jesus. And the coming week, about the holy day, holy 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 week meditation to help us to reflect and put ourselves in the situation of Jesus had gone through his life, ministry, his death and resurrection. I pray that God will continue to impress upon our lives how we can be close to Jesus in what he had gone through. And let me go to this verse which says, The angel ministered to him. Luke 22, verse 43. Uh, it's very interesting to see the angel ministry came because through the touch of the angel in Jesus' life, somehow it had strengthened, reinforced the conviction Jesus had about doing God's will and helped him to face that squarely. And I want to pause for a moment to kind of remind ourselves, folks, that somehow in our needs, in our struggle and pain, God can send some angel to your life and minister to you, to encourage you, to uplift you, to help you to continue and persevere on. And to another group of people, I will say, God can make you an angel to somebody too, where you'll be available. We thank God for the archering team, for ministry team, for the prayer ministers, for the cell leaders, uh, for those helpers in the Alpha like yesterday, then the WSCL Health Program, the team, the volunteers. Let me tell you folks, you are angels to the team. Especially to those who even make an effort to attend week to minister to the bereaved families. Those who are in the hospital, you are there. Those in the home, you are there. Thank God for your ministry. And when you're in the MRT, you see an elderly folk, you stand up for him or for her, or a lady, a pregnant lady with children, you stand up for her. And tell me, folks, let me tell you, you're an angel to the person. It's a stranger to you. So can I ask you and turn to your neighbour and say, be an angel of God. Yeah, folks. As much as we receive angels in our life, you can be an angel of somebody. Amen? 
because through that, even you see the life of Jesus, he was strengthened, and it was a special encounter that Jesus had in the Garden of Gethsemane to the touch of the angel in his life. So I don't call you volunteers anymore. I call you angels. Can? Can or not? Can uh, practice it. Just like last year, we talked about the blessed program, remember? That you bless somebody with the blessing that you receive. Be an angel around, folks. Maybe we'll be a devil more than an angel, right? <laughs> Hopefully not. This will change the picture now. That when you walk out from this church or the sanctuary, tell yourself, I want to be an angel for the Lord. Alright, in conclusion, do think about the experience of Garden at Gethsemane. Are you keeping up with your prayer life? Or is your life still with your struggle, pain and suffering? But take heart and be confident that Jesus will show you the way out. His prayer was not my will, but thy will be done. And all you need today, folks, is to have the moment with God always. That you will enjoy the moment you have with Jesus and God himself. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for this hour of worship that we can set aside to worship you and to praise you and give you the glory that you deserve. And so we pray for that your word that go forth from here truly will not return you void, that you accomplish what you desire in the hearts of men and women today, that we will learn that always to pray that thy will be done to the honour and glory of yourselves. In Jesus' loving name, we pray. Amen.